MLM Nation, episode 572. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. Hey, MLM Nation, you know I'm loud and proud to be part of this amazing profession, and my mission is to help a 1,000 people earn at least $1,000 a month by next year, and throughout a platform, Purpose Driven Networkers, where I get to coach you, help you, and guide you, and today, you're actually going to hear this interview is someone I met a couple years ago. She is a Purpose Driven Networker, and now is a six-figure earner. Really happy to have her on the show. So, hey, by the way, if you want me to help you, Go to PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com, PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, for as little as $10 a month, I'll help answer your questions. We prospect together and uh, be a ton of fun. A lot of other goodies as well. But just head over, PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. For now, really excited. Let's head over to the show. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. I am fired up to bring our special guest today. Known her for quite some time. She's also a purpose-driven networker, a member of our community. We have Christine Drummond. Hey, Christine, are you ready to make it happen? Christine Drummond's a mom, wife, and a full-time leader from Gold Coast, Australia, and got started in network marketing in July of 2012. At the time, she was working as a personal trainer and just exhausted from trading time for money and working the crazy hours. Christine was also a brand new mom and feeling really lost in life after losing her financial independence and having to rely on her, on her husband for everything. In the beginning, All Christina wanted to do was able to contribute to the household bills. In three short years, she was able to make it to the top position in her company and begin earning a multiple six-figure income. Since being part of this profession, her biggest accomplishment was out-earning her husband, Tom, in his fly-in, fly-out job. So for those in the U.S. who don't fly in, it's basically you go away for five days and come back for one day and you go away for five days. Or another variation is you go away for two weeks, come back for a week, and go away for two weeks. And uh, Christine out-earned him and allowed him to leave work and be a stay-at-home dad after they had this son in 2016. This gave Tom special bonding with the kids that most dads do not get and also allowed him seven awesome, fulfilling months off work until finally his dream job came along. Christine credits her success to being teachable and doing everything she was told. She went to all the events, always showed up, took all the notes, and stepped outside her comfort zone. Christine now loves to empower other moms to create financial independence as well. So anyway, Christine, that's a long intro. But take us back to 2012. How did you discover about network marketing? Well, Simon, it was a really funny um, way, actually. I wasn't looking for anything. I was working as a personal trainer. I had just had my daughter. She was four months old. And a friend of mine, well, a colleague, I didn't, she wasn't even a friend at the time. She just, in 30 seconds, just reached out to me and could see how exhausted I was. And she just said, oh my goodness, you need to look into these products and that's pretty much all she said. You, you know, she said they're safe for breastfeeding and, you know, there's no chemicals in them. So I went and did my research, Simon, and I contacted the company and said, I want to try this stuff. That I got on the products, loved them. And from day 12, it was like, okay, I need to let other people know about this stuff. And it was just it came at the perfect time for me. You know, I didn't know that this profession even existed. I'd never heard of it before. I've had many career changes in my life, but 
yeah, this was just all perfect timing. And I've heard you say before, there's never a bad prospect, just bad timing. And I think that if it had have been presented to me 12 months prior, I would have it would have been a no. I would definitely not have been on board. But all the planets aligned, and here I am, seven years later. So you you said that um, you had success pretty quickly. You're super teachable. So talk a little bit about that. I think a lot of distributors struggle in the beginning, but you had pretty quick success. Why is that? Well, for the first 18 months, Simon, I had stable success. It wasn't fast. I was treating it as a hobby. So I had hobby-like results. And then 18 months in, someone came into my business who just changed the whole dynamics of it, brought in the fun. But from the beginning, from day one, I was always taught if you could just be teachable, if you had the burning desire, which I already had, a willingness to do the activities, which I did, and be really teachable and turn up to all the events, you will be successful. And so that's what I did. And it was probably four months into my journey. You know, I went over to the US to one of our biggest events over there and I saw, you know, 8,000 people in this room, just all happy, shiny faces. And I just caught the big vision of what this could be. So I followed, you know, when I first came into the business, my direct sponsor wasn't doing the business at the time. She does now, but at the time she wasn't around. And I think that was the greatest gift that she gave me because it gave me independence. I had to get resourceful. I had to go and find things out for myself. But then I went to the next upline sponsor and I just followed her around like a shadow. If she was doing an event or a training, I was turning up. And it didn't matter that I had my, you know, my baby with me. Like wherever I went, my kids always came. I never once used them as an excuse. And there's photos of me, you know, presenting at events with my daughter wrapped around my leg. And that's just how we do business, you know. And for me, the teachability came from, I remember Jeff Roberti saying once that, you know, a short pencil is better than a short memory. And you always see Jeff Roberti at all the conferences and things taking notes in the front row. So I just started mimicking the successful people in the business and I took notes and then I had what I call a gold book, Simon. And in my gold book is all the gold nuggets. Like I always take two or three points from each speaker or each event and they go in my gold book. So when I go back to my gold book, it's got all the amazing key points from what I've learned over the years. And, you know, that's that's really helped. It's helped me as a leader as well because I can go back through that book and reteach, you know, a lot of this stuff. But being teachable, it's, it's just becoming a student of the profession. You know, I used my car as, um, you know, you've heard it before, as a lecture theatre my kids are constantly listening to you or, you know, other leaders within the profession in the car when we're driving places. And if I'm out on a run, I'm always got podcasts, listening to podcasts or audio books. And I'm always like looking and, and asking questions and looking to find out, you know, different things and different strategies and ways to do things. So the teachability is absolutely key to success. I, I honestly believe that. You said you earned some stable income. And then you started, after about 18 months, you got your first leader. Throughout your journey, what was the major aha moment you had that afterwards something clicked because you went to a lot of events? A major aha moment and then your business really took off. Yeah, so at that around that 18-month mark, Simon, I actually went to, it's what I call a defining moment on my journey. I get emotional about it because I went to my daughter's special person's day at daycare and it's a day where all the mums and dads can come along and there was kids in that playground that were just bawling their eyes out because their mums and dads 
weren't there and other people had their mums and dads. And I remember seeing these kids' little faces peering through the gate, hoping that the next face they saw was going to be their mums and their mum or their dad. And they didn't, they weren't there because they had to go to their full-time jobs. And it just absolutely broke my heart. And I remember pulling my daughter aside that day and making her a promise saying that would never, that will never be you. Like, I'll never, you'll never feel alone. Mummy will be there for all your special moments. And it was in that moment, Simon, that I made the promise to myself that I would do whatever it took, every no, every rejection that I got, I kept saying in the back of my mind, you're not stopping me from being there for my from my daughter. And it just drove me. I had this new inner, this, I don't know, this inner fire within me that I wanted to be there for all her sports carnivals and all those special moments and certificates and graduations and, and all those um, things that happen in our kids' lives. So, and to this day, I've been able to stay true to that promise because of this profession. And and it makes me sad sometimes, Simon, because I've got other mums ringing me to say, Christine, can you take photos of my daughter at the sports carnival today? Or can you give my daughter a cuddle before she does her cross country? And it just breaks my heart that these mums don't have the flexibility and the freedom to be able to be there for these magic moments that we're never going to get back. So it's it's a real passion of mine to really empower mums to create that time freedom. But that was definitely one defining moment for me on this journey. What did you do different after that moment? I just started talking to way more people. I was just, I wasn't talking to enough people in the beginning, in that first 18 months. I wasn't treating it as a business. I was busy being busy, but I wasn't doing the income producing activities. I was kind of just playing it safe and just rocking up to the big events, but I wasn't bringing people with me. I wasn't inviting people. I loved the product, but I didn't really get what the business could be. So I wasn't even asking people to join me. And I um, wouldn't invite friends to come into the business because I was afraid that they would fail and it would ruin our friendship. And then some of my mentors said to me, Christine, you're not that important you know, and it's not up to you whether they succeed or fail. You just have the responsibility to share what we have and then it's their responsibility whether they're successful in this profession. So after that, I was like, okay, I was inviting everybody in and it was fun. It was fun being able to do this with your, with my friends, you know, and a lot of them don't do the business anymore. They're not in the profession, but during this journey, I watched them transform. I watched their health transform. I watched their spirit transform. They were brought alive, you know, and I just became addicted to that. And it's so rewarding. Like just yesterday, Simon, I had a team member message me and say, Christine, oh my goodness, I've just earned my biggest check. And it's days like that that I live for now. You know, when you've got other people coming to you saying, you know, I've just earned my biggest check, they're a stay-at-home mum, and you know what's going on, the turmoil that's going on behind the scenes in their life, and they're still managing to juggle this profession around everything the universe is throwing at them, like, that's when I, that's, I get a real kick out of that, you know, and that's why I keep continually to do this profession is to help other people now. You're very good at organizing your day and creating, like, a routines, uh, and you mentioned about busy being busy. So talk about the old Christine, the hobby Christine, when you were busy being busy. What was that like? And to talk about the new Christine after that defining moment and how you plan and make your day productive. 
Absolutely. And it all came from personal development, Simon. Um, before this profession, I didn't know what personal development was. I'd never read a personal development book. I didn't know they existed. My first book that somebody gave me was Law of Attraction. And that just took me on a whole new direction. I, I couldn't believe that my thoughts were creating the reality that I was living in, and then I could change my thoughts at any time. So you know, I started reading more self-development books, things like, you know, The Miracle Morning and uh, The 5am Club. And I could see that all the successful people that I was studying all had these morning rituals that set them up for their day that allowed them to be in that peak resourceful state. So I just started to sort of muck around with a few things, trial and error. And then I ended up coming up with my own daily rituals that allowed me to be in that peak resourceful state so that I could be showing up as my best, not just as a mom, as a partner, but as a businesswoman, as a leader for my team. And there's some things in there that I that I need to have in my day to be able to perform at that peak state. And this sort of all happened around the same time, Simon, when I started to, um, you know, my business started to take off. So some of those rituals are things like I, I love to exercise. It's one of my highest priorities. I love to go for a run in the morning, clear the head. Sometimes I'll take my phone, sometimes I won't, but I love listening to self-development books or podcasts when I'm on uh, on the run or exercising. I love meditation just to clear the chatter. For all the mums out there, we don't just have our own internal chatter. We've got the chatter of the kids and the partners. <laughs> it gets very noisy. So meditation is a great way for me to really clear my thoughts. And straight out of the meditation, I love to do what I call a brain dump. That's where I feel like I'm at my most creative. So I'll just grab my journal and I'll just drop in all these ideas that I've got for the business or for anything like for life. And then I have um, like a playlist I love to listen to that has these songs that just fire me up. I've got a mantra that I love to say to myself every day as well. What is that Um, mantra? What is that mantra? Oh, it's quite long, Simon. It's a really long one. And it's based on something that Robert Sharma um, taught us. And I've just tweaked it a little bit to suit me. It, it's way too long to mention on this podcast, but it's like I walk around with it, reading it from my phone. And it just, it makes me feel so powerful and unstoppable. And, you know, that's just been a recent thing I'm adding in this year. But before that, I had the I am statements and I had the the positive affirmations and I had them on the mirrors. I had them on the fridge. Wherever I was going, I had all these little reminders telling me of what I wanted and, and what I'm capable of. And I just think it's so important. So I also do the cold shower thing as well. I know you're big on that, but I start with a warm shower first and then it go. I finish with the cold. Mm. Uh, I just feel like that just really energizes me for the day you know, gives that shock to the nervous system. I do gratitude as well. So I love just thinking about, um, you know, what am I grateful for? And then that's all the stuff just before, like I get the kids to school. So I'm, and then I actually start work from about 9.30 till about 2.30. So I've got about five hours there where I'm adding new people. I'm clamming, I'm inviting, I'm doing my follow-ups. Um, I'm doing three-way calls. You know, I'm networking. Yesterday I went to a networking lunch. I'm going to events, things like that. But for the first few hours, it's all about me and doing my high-income producing activities. And then from about 12 o'clock, it's all about the team. So I'm, hmm. I'm available for three-ways and, you know, trainings and coaching calls and things like that. Hey, so that's, that's basically how my day goes. Lots of stuff here. Um, first of all, you said clamming. For those who don't know what it is, can you explain that a little bit? 
Yeah, so clamming is commenting, loving, adding and messaging people. So I see myself as a professional friend collector. I love learning about people. I love learning about their backgrounds, what they do. I just get so curious about people. And clamming is an income producing activity. Like I'm constantly adding people. I'm checking out people who are in my target market on social media, people that I love their message, their vibe, their positivity. And then I'll go and start commenting on some of their posts. I'll start loving on some of their posts. Then I'll add them as a friend and then I'll shoot them a message. And usually the message is, you know, great to be connected with you on Facebook. I'm loving your vibe or I love your um, positivity. Hope you're having a great week so far. Looking forward to staying connected. And the amount of amazing responses I get back just, just from reaching out to these people that are kind of vibrating at a higher level. It's amazing. And, and and some of them have come on come onto the team, but some of them are just friends. Like I've had Facebook friends, Simon, come and stay at my house when they pass through town. You know, like we, we create that connection online, but then I love to take it offline and, and open my house, open my door to people, you know, and I've caught up with another Facebook friend this week. We've met for the first time in person and and that's what I love about social media and that's what I love about this profession is that you do you do get to collect lifelong friends on this journey and I absolutely love that. And I want to emphasize that because I think a lot of the network marketers get it wrong is that, oh, this person didn't join my business or they didn't watch the video. And then, right, but you're collecting friends. You're collecting friends. And I think that's yeah. you're taking the long-term approach. That's really the, long, the secret to success and also it makes it more fun as well. Right, so even if they don't join the business, but you, you're still hanging out with them, they, they, they stay at your house and do all this cool stuff. Hey guys, just wanted to quickly jump in, interrupt this show, and give you this week's show ambassador. This week's show ambassador is <laughs> Jessica Wilkie eight nine. I'm assuming eight nine is the birth year, maybe. 89, maybe class of 89. I don't know. Jessica Wilkie 89 says, my go-to podcast. I just found this podcast about a month ago and I love it. So inspirational and helping me so much with my MLM company. This is a must have on your podcast app. Jessica, I agree as I normally do with all of you guys that leave these amazing reviews. Thank you so much for that, that very thoughtful and kind feedback. Jessica Wilkie 89, you are this week's show ambassador. Let her hear, folks. Woo! Guys, if you'd like to be featured as next week's show ambassador, simply leave us a rating and review. Check that box. Boom. Done. Did it. I can always be that person that says, you know what? I did that. It's done. So thank you for that review. Every single week, we will select our favorite and boom! A star is born. Guys, I'm looking forward to reading your review to the world. Now back to Simon and the show. You gave a lot of other nuggets here I just want to share. You talk about thoughts become reality. And I just want to highlight, way back when we first started the show, you said your sponsor wasn't around, right? And she's active now, but wasn't active before. And I think a lot of network marketers would say, that's a handicap. Oh, I have no support. But it's, it's not the lack of resources. It's the lack of resourcefulness. And Christine was very resourceful. You know, she came out and found someone else. And she said it was a gift because it allowed her to grow more. So no matter if you're listening to this, whatever challenge you have, there's always two ways to look at it. You can look at the negative way or spin it in the positive way. And uh, yeah, Christine had no, not much support, but you still made it happen. 
right? Because you where you think. That's what he talked mm -hmm. about, think and grow rich. Uh, another thing, personally, just to share, funny, you know, because uh, you were, the, for those who don't know, Christine was the MC at uh, No BS, No Hype. So recently, <laughs> I don't even remember this, but I spoke at your company's convention back uh, like a year and a half ago. And I'm running at like 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. It's in June, and June is, is the winter in Perth. And then I hear this, you know, this group of ladies yelling at me, and then it was you. I, actually, at that time, I didn't know it was you. But later on, you said it was you, and you said something afterwards that actually I think it's really means a lot to everyone to listen. You said you said somewhere I forgot where you said it. Maybe at some other event, BYOB event. You said, "Hey, Simon sets the example." I think you were introducing me to one of the trainings I did for your team, and you said he sets the, he leads by example. He does what he says because he says he runs in the morning, and I actually you have actually saw me running in the morning. <laughs> So recently I was like running. I was like, hey, I don't really feel like running today, but is Christine out there going to see me not running or sleep in or go out for a run? <laughs> I was actually hoping to run into you in Brisbane somewhere on the track, on the running track. But I remember you got stuck in that race. Yeah, I, yeah. I woke up because I woke up one time it was dark and I was like, well, I remember what you said, right? Leaders show up regardless of what you showed up. And I was like, that, well, because you never know who is going to watch or not. And uh, it's like, I think that's like leadership integrity. Do what you know, if you have downlines and not doing much, do what you, you want your downlines to do, right? Or do what Absolutely. the other people want to do. Simon, and something you also um, stand for is you never cancel, you know. And you were in Australia a couple of years ago and you were very sick. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I can. You know what? That's the sickest I've ever been. And it was like a miracle that I actually got on the plane and got on that trip. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And you still held your appointment. You said you would meet with me and you didn't know who I was and um, you held that appointment and I was so grateful. And it's from that experience and the integrity that you maintain in that example that that I now follow that same system. You know, I ne never cancel on anyone. I never cancel on calls or trainings or anything. It, it's showing up. And the same with the um, the running. Like last night, I, I didn't get my running yesterday, but at 8.30 last night, I was like, you know what, I've got to get it in. I've got to maintain that promise to myself. And in this profession, I see so many people out there, Simon, who are cancelling on themselves, you know. They're breaking those promises. You know, they're giving up too early. And if we can teach people to just be that example because you never know who's watching, you know, I just think we're going to make the, the profession even better than what it is. You talk about cancelling. I think this is... Um it's a muscle, but you know, Christine just shared, you know, you just shared all these routines, your coach showers, the meditating, all that. The, the, the reason it's important is it's about who you become, right? If you cancel once, it's really easy to cancel another person. And if you cancel another person, it's really, because canceling is a type of quitting, right? It's very easy to quit on yourself. If you've done, if you've never done it before, you may not even think about it, but if you wimp out once, cancel once, all of a sudden that exception doesn't become the exception anymore. And it's like, these are the things that become, build leadership. Absolutely, Simon. Yeah, you're 100% right. So, yeah, that's what we teach in our team is this is it's a the longevity game as well and you have to you have to tweak things. Like I haven't had these rituals the whole way. They've had to be tweaked. I've had to find what works, what doesn't work, you know. And do I do it every single day? No, some days the kids are up too early and they interrupt my meditation, you know, but it's about having these systems in place that you need in order for you to feel more like yourself and more in alignment and in your flow. And this is what I found works best for me. And by me being the example and teaching these rituals on, then other people will hopefully find what works for them so that they can be in their peak resourceful state and we can go out there and make a greater impact 
you know, in the community, in the world. And, you know, we're all about lifting the profession, you know, lifting the professionalism of this profession, making it cool. You know, people still seem to think there's a stigma around it. I don't see that anymore. Like um, people are very accepting where I am of this profession. Yes, you get a few people that just don't believe they can do it. So now it's all about showing people how simple this is to build in and around their other commitments, you know, around their work, around their family. And I just wanted to share as well, Simon, you know, this profession, like I've had, aside from, you know, you mentioned that Tom, I was able to out-earn him in his FIFO work. The other thing that this profession has allowed me to do is recently I moved the family from the Gold Coast down to a country town called Albury where my mum and dad live. My dad's in his final stages of dementia and he's in full-time care now. And because of this profession, I've been able to uproot my family, move them 16 hours away from where we lived to spend whatever time my dad has left on this planet, you know. And if I was in any other career, that would have been super difficult to do and we probably wouldn't have been able to do that. So this that's the gift that this profession has been able to give me. And, you know, about four years ago when he was diagnosed, everyone in our team rallied to help cover the cost of the flights for my dad to come over to America to watch me speak in front of 8,000 people. Wow. You know, when I reached the top of the company, you get to do a, get to do your speech. And so my dad was standing on stage with me, my mum, Tom, and my daughter. And, you know, I'm still getting emotional about it because that's a memory. Like, even though he's forgotten it, it's a memory that I will, you know, have forever. And that's what this profession can do for people. Aside from the money and, and all that kind of stuff, it's the memories. It's things like that, you know, being able to tick things off your bucket list, being able to be there for your family, you know, in times of support, you know, being here and supporting my mum through everything she's going through with my dad has just been the biggest gift that I've been able to give her. And, and now I'm so passionate about giving other people that hope and that vision of what this could be for them as well. So I just really wanted to share that today as well. Mm, that's very, very inspiring. What about, what do you, how do you handle those people who just don't get it? Like, you know, you talked about your defining moment when all these kids are crying, the moms are going to the job, right? And you, you share with them that what you're doing, but they still don't get it. Like, how do you handle that? I usually hit my head against the brick wall. (laughs) It is frustrating. But as you said, like, there's never a bad prospect. It's just bad timing for people. And some people were like me and they've never heard of this profession or have never, ever considered it. So it's all about just showing up and being the example and always circling back. I never, ever cancel someone off. Usually they just need more information or they need to understand it a little bit more. Or sometimes, you know, in six months, 12 months, their circumstances change and now they're open to looking at something like this. So it's not a matter of trying to convince them in that moment. If they say no, it's just an, I just say, see it as a no, not now. And it, it's an opportunity to come back. It's an opportunity to educate them more on what's available. And usually they do. They do come around and they ask more questions or they join the team. And, you know, it, it's exciting when that happens. But I look at, um, you know, someone like Jeff Roberti, who he waited 17 years for one of our upline leaders to say, yes, 17 years. And he just kept showing up. He kept sending like, the birthday messages and the flowers when she had babies and and that and I've just I've just mimicked that I love people so I'm just subtly at the top of people's minds all the time just adding value here and there where I can so yesterday I sent out a whole heap of recipes to people in my contacts just to say hey I came across this recipe I made it it's delicious I thought you might look for something quick and easy that you'd love to make and then I included the recipe now the 
the messages I'm getting back just from that one simple gesture have been amazing. And that wasn't difficult to do. And it's just how can you subtly be in front of like top of mind? So if, do, if circumstances do change, people are contacting you. And I've been able to create that over the seven years in an authentic way, in a non-pushy, non-salesy way, in a way where, you know, I'm showing that I genuinely care about people. And I think that's the difference, Simon. Um, You know, we're not in the convincing game. We don't have to. Like there's plenty of people out there. There's an abundance of people that would love to be doing this profession. So if someone gives me a no, I just just move on. But I, I let that person know that I'm busy. Like, you always say, you know, tell me yes or tell me no, tell me fast because I've got to go. And I've, I've stuck to that. You know, I'm, I've got a seven-day follow-up process. And if they haven't given me a solid yes or a solid no in seven days, then they go off the list. You know, I don't have time to fluff around. And I actually share that with some of them. You know, I don't want to waste any more of your time and I don't want to waste my time. I'm, I'm quite busy and I've got to move on to the people that want to be part of this. So I'd really just love to know one way or the other if you're in or you're out. Mm. Obviously, I say it a lot nicer than that, but that's the gist. You know, we don't have time to hang around. And I think in the beginning I was, I was putting all my hopes and dreams in these people that showed a little bit of, yeah, um, that they might be interested and I would just wait for them and I'd just sit there and wait and I wouldn't invite anyone else to come and take a closer look. I would just wait for these people that showed a bit of interest and now we just don't have time for that. So if you're just starting out, like that's that's a big tip, like, just keep asking other people, just keep moving on. And eventually, if you're being a good example, they will come back, they will come around. And just to clarify, you know, Christine talks about a seven-day follow-up. She does circle back later on, but just not then, right? She moves on, but doesn't mean they're never, because it's not never a bad prospect, just the wrong timing. So she'll come back to them later on. You talk about comfort zone. You stepped out to co- outside the comfort zone, you're teachable. Give an example of something that's, you did something that uh, kind of scared you at the beginning. Well, speaking, they always said you, if, if you want to be a leader, you got to get the pen. you got to go up the front of the room. And I was trying to wait for perfect conditions, Simon. I wanted to know everything. I wanted, I wanted all the content. I wanted to be the expert before I got up the front of the room. And then one day they were just like, no, nah, you're up there. You've got to just present. So that was massive for me, you know, that once you did it once and then you did it again and then again and again, you get better and better. And it's the same with the Facebook Lives back when Facebook lives were just starting to come out, I was so nervous. I was saying, um, and ah, and I was, had no flow and it was just taking that first step and then repeating it and then just getting better and better and critiquing and just building on that confidence. So, you know, with, with confidence comes confidence and you've got to just get out of the nest sometimes. And I'm so grateful for my leaders who did kick me out of the nest quite early and got me to step up as a leader. And as I said, like, there's some some photos of me presenting and I've got my daughter in my arm or she's wrapped around my leg and there wasn't perfect conditions, but it's just a matter of showing people your true authentic self and, and turning up and, and asking for opportunities as well, Simon. I think that's so key. In the beginning, I wasn't asking for help and because I didn't want to bother people. I thought, oh, who, who wants to hear from little old Christine? I don't want to bother them. They're too busy. But everyone that I've asked in this business for help or to jump on a training call or whatever, they've always said yes. People just love to pour into you in this profession and that's what I love about it. I'd never, ever had that in the corporate world or in, you know, in my catering business or in personal training. There's such cutthroat environments, you know, but in this profession, everyone wants to see you rise. Everyone wants to see you shine and and they want to be part of that. And I love that about this profession that everyone is just ready to pour into you when, when you're ready. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Um, what is my favorite question here? What was your worst moment in network marketing to the point that maybe like has second thoughts about this and you wanted to quit, but you didn't. And that's why you are where you are today. Yeah, great question. Um, it was probably when my first leader, I had a leader that reached the top of the company and she jumped ship. <laughs> and and um, I remember having a conversation with her just saying, okay, cool, if you want to go over there, but please don't, don't come in and poach. Please don't come in here and disrupt the team and the culture that I've worked hard to create. And and she basically said, yep, cool, no worries, I'd never do that. But behind my back, she was doing that already, you know, and mm-hmm. reaching out to people that she didn't even know before she came into our company. And it really hurt me, Simon. And, and the, the, the key was I let it affect me for about five to ten minutes. I just, I just went into this rage and then I was like, hang on a second, is this worth it? You know, this obviously shows the integrity of this person, you know, the friendship that we had or everything I poured into her, both inside the company and outside. So what I did, Simon, was I went and jumped in the ocean and I said, as soon as I jump in this ocean, that's it. I'm not going to let this affect me anymore. I'm going to move on and I'm going to find new leaders and new people to work with because she was my buddy. She was my buddy. And yeah, and it, it really did hurt. But 10, 10 minutes, jumped in the ocean, and then I just let it go and I moved on from there. Whereas I see people let this affect them and hold them back for sometimes years. <laughs> I wasn't going to let her affect my success. I wasn't going to let her, you know, undo all the, the culture and everything that I'd worked so hard to build. And it, it, was such a, it was such a beautiful lesson in the end. I got so much growth out of it. And so many lessons came from that that I've now been able to hand onto my team that go through the same thing. Because at the end of the day, Simon, we don't own anybody in this profession, okay? They don't owe us anything. People are in charge of their own destiny, you know, and we can't control that. But what we can do is react in a way that is going to serve more people and we can be the bigger person. And I think that's definitely what I've been able to do. And my team, yep, there's... People always think there's shinier objects on the other side. You know, the grass is always greener, but a lot of people do come back because of the people and the culture that we have created. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of that. I'm proud that people do go away and quite often they do come back as well. Mm. What was the self-talk when that happened that made you say, I'm going to go to the ocean. The second I go to the ocean, is gone. You're going to let that go. What were you saying to yourself? Well, before that, I it was like, what have I done? You know, I felt like a failure. Like, why would she want to leave me? Like, you know, I I thought I had done something. So there was a lot of negative self-talk. I was doubting myself, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not the leader I thought I was. And, you know, all that self-talk was going, but then it was like, it was actually my partner that, that got me to do that whole ocean thing in the past. And he was like, as soon as you jump in the ocean, that's it. We're not carrying this with us anymore. So, Hmm the self-talk when I'm going into the ocean was this is it. Like don't let this hold you back. Don't let this define you. Don't let this moment affect or break down whatever it is that you've created, you know. And I, it was like a little pep talk to myself before I jumped in that ocean. As soon as I came out, that was it. It was like, okay, what's the next goal? What am I mm. working on? Who am I working with? And it was like rally the troops now. So it was as soon as I got back home, and something I've learned from you, Simon, is you can only really work closely with about six key people at any one time. And that's what I do. So it was back home. I'm like, okay, who are my six? 
Who are the six people that I want to take to that next level? Who are the six people that I want to help develop, you know, bring out those leadership skills and um, allow them to shine as well? So that's what I did. I just directed my focus on different people and um, rebuilt. And uh, there was a little bit of damage control we had to do after that because some people were very confused on whether they should go with her or not or stay with us. And I'm happy to say everyone stayed with us, which Mm. is really cool. So, um, yeah. What did you do? You were surfing? We just took a dip in the ocean. Just took a dip. Dip. That's cool. (laughs) Because you're very athletic. You like sports. I was like, when are you going to go windsurfing or something? But anyway, um, let's talk about consistency. How important is consistency to being successful? It's honestly, it's the number one thing. It's consistency. And it's not like you have to do a thousand things every day. It's like doing a few key things consistently over time. And it's it's really frustrating, Simon, when you see all these people that have massive potential within them, but potential means nothing unless they have the consistency. And this is not a profession that you can, you know, work on one day a week and then, you know, every Friday, I'm just going to do this business. It doesn't work like that. You know, you need to show up every day, touch your business every day in some way. And I think I've been able to do that consistently over the seven years. There have been times where I've had to put it down. You know, when my um, father-in-law was terminally ill, uh, I put the business down for a month while we were going through that. But I was able to pick it straight back up when I was ready to go again. And that's what I love about this profession as well. So it fits in and around what's going on in our life. And consistency, like just doing those income-producing activities, getting them done every day, whereas I was leaving them last, Simon. So I would do all the easy things first, like reach out to customers, reach out to team, and then I'd leave all the income-producing to later in the day because that was the hard part. And mm. then it wouldn't get done because the day would get get away from me. So now just making sure I've scheduled in time to add new people, and I've literally got it scheduled in. So 15 minutes adding new people, then 15 minutes I'm going to be inviting. And as soon as that 15 minutes is over, I move on to the next thing. And then if I have time later in the day, I'll come back and I'll send some more invites or I'll do some more follow-ups or I'll do some more value adding or clamming. So I've got about an hour to 90 minutes set out where I do the income-producing activities. And um, once I do all the stuff with the team and everything, if I've got more time to do a little bit more at the end of the day, I do. Otherwise, I make sure that I just get those high-producing activities done first and foremost. Hey, I'm Amishin. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you want to hang out with Christine and these top leaders and other motivated distributors, check out Purpose Driven Networkers. These are all distributors, network marketers like yourself who are serious taking the business to the next level. You know what? I believe everyone can earn a part-time income, and my mission is to help 1,000 people earn $1,000 a month through purpose-driven networkers. For only $10 a month, you get coaching, help from me, seven days a week. Want more information? Just go check it out, purposedrivennetworkers.com. Again, that's purposedrivennetworkers.com. Once you take a look at it, you'll realize, like leaders like Christine, why they are part of this amazing community. You've been amazing. We got to wrap up soon. We can talk forever. It's been an awesome show, Christine. Thank you so much. So these are really quick questions to pick your brain. Okay, a lot of nuggets here. And when ML Nation, I'll do a recap of all these nuggets. I took like pages of notes here at the end of the show. I'll do a little recap. But here's the first question, and you give quick answers, one sentence answers. What is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you, Christine? The greatest pleasure in life is doing what other people say you cannot do. It's behind me here in my shoulder. And on those days where I felt like quitting Simon or where I've wanted to give up. I just think, you know, all the rejection, the no's, I just go, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. The greatest pleasure is proving other people wrong. 
What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Oh, we just spoke about it, consistency, but another habit would be yeah, doing those income-producing activities. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? It's the one percenters that keep showing up at all the big events. So the the big events have to be a non-negotiable. Mm, that's, I love that, the one percenters. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have someone who's interested in the business, a qualified prospect, do you send a video, do you do a Zoom? What do you like to do? Definitely, I love to send a video first, but I also then love to get them on a video call. A three-way call or just a one-on-one, one-on-one call? Three-way call, yeah. Three-way video call. Using what? What do you use, Facebook or use a mess- yeah, we use Messenger? Messenger, yeah. good. Aside from Facebook, do you have any other online resources like Dropbox or Evernote or an app on your computer that you could recommend? Or app on your phone that you could recommend? No, I never really got into any of those apps. I do have a few apps for, you know, doing flyers and making your social media pretty. But apart from, apart from that, I don't use any other apps. What's the app you use to make, that you use for social media to make it pretty? I love Over and I love Canva. They're my two go-tos. Yeah, those are good. Uh, what is one or two books you could recommend to ML Nation? I was thinking about this, Simon, and a lot of people you've had in the past have recommended some amazing books. But one that I has probably hasn't been mentioned is Jen Sincero's um, You Are a Badass. It is such a good book for someone who is just starting out in the self-development world. It's easy to read. <clears throat> and, yeah, I just love the, the simplicity of that book. Yes, very, very good read. And here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready, Christine? I'm ready. Here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So didn't know your husband, Tom. Didn't know your kids. You were kind of like an alien that went to another planet, but he spoke English. But what's the first thing you do or the first place you go to find prospects and build a network marketing business from scratch? Uh, it's a great question. I would just get, put myself in opportunities way. So I would go to new fitness workout groups. I would go to networking events. I would go to markets. I love going to a market and, and meeting people. Yeah, I would just put myself in opportunities way as, as much as I could. So if you met someone in the market, um, just like a marketing group or just in the gym, just in the fitness group, what would you? what's your opening line? What would you say to them? And well, it really depends, but I get, just get curious about people. I love um, knowing what they do for work. So I usually say, what do you do for work? Or I'm curious, what do you do for work? How long have you been doing that? Is that your dream job? What would you be doing if you could be doing anything? Most people are not working in their dream job, Simon. So I love talking about work and what lights them up. And then, you know, I might have something for you. Have you ever considered creating an income online through social media? Most people haven't. Most people don't know they could do that. And um, and that's usually where my conversation starts. And, you know, my first leader, my first leader that made it to the top of the company came through a market. Like I had a little stand, a little table at a market. She she just came through through that system. So it was just about putting myself out there in opportunities way to meet new people. Awesome. Uh, as we wrap up, thank you so much, Christine. As we wrap up, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect with you? They can connect with me through Instagram or social media, uh, Facebook. Um, you can find me at Christine Drummond or the Fearless Mums Club and the same on Instagram as well. And any last words or advice? 
just hang in there, guys. This is the long game. You've got to have longevity. You've got to have vision for the future. This is something that I know I'll be in in the next 20, 30, 40 years. If you are having a bad day, go to bed, sleep it off, come back, because when you wake up the next day, everything seems so much better than what it is in the moment. So, you know, it's okay to quit, but as long as you rehire yourself the next day and just get back in it. And you know what? All those no's, all those, all the rejections. I've actually calculated mine, Simon. I've had two and a half thousand no's in seven years. And a lot of people quit after they get two or three. So hang in there, guys, because those people will come around. They just don't know what they don't know. So just keep going and play the long game. Hey, thank you so much for sharing that. Two, 2,500 no's to get to a six-figure income. So I love, I know if you're listening to this, you definitely have a huge why. Go through 2,500 no's. Even if you don't hit six figures, you'll make a part-time income. Definitely a part-time income. You'll be making money. It's just going through the numbers. And like Christine says, never, never, never quit. Hey, ML Nation, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you may hang out with Christine Drummond. So keep up the momentum. Go to mlnation.com. Click on the podcast app. And Christine Drummond's Drummond's D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D. But you'll list it out. you see there. And the, all the nuggets that Christine shared and her contact info, definitely follow her. Check her out. We'll be right there. Hey, in order to be successful in life and in network marketing, you must help others. So, Christine, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you, and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, and God bless you. Hey, ML Nation. Reminder, my mission is to help 1,000 people get to $1,000 a month. I believe everyone can do it, and if you're not there yet, you're probably lacking consistency or daily routine, and I'll love to help you get there. We can work together. We prospect together. If you're stuck, you don't know what to say to your prospects, you can take screenshots, send them to me, or that for just $10 a month. Hey, that's God's calling for me to help a 1,000 people earn a $1,000 a month by next year. All you have to do, want me to help you, Get go to PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, it's PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com, and uh, I look forward to helping you take your business to the next level, and let's get to that part-time income. Looking forward to seeing you inside the group. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan with a recap of a great show from Christine Drummond, a purpose-driven networker, and just proud for her to be on the show. I'm just watching her grow. You know, a lot of big lessons here, and I'll just start off. She's talked about not using the kids as an excuse and how she really changed her business when she stopped treating like a hobby and more as a business, right? And that was her aha moment. So let me ask you, ML Nation, are you treating your business like a hobby or you're hardcore treating like a business? And if you feel you're lacking the consistency, hey, you know, my mission is to help a thousand people earn a thousand dollars a month, at least a thousand dollars a month by next year. If you need help, I'd love to have you in the Purpose Driven Networkers group. I can go to purposedrivennetworkers.com or the link will be in the show notes page on MM Nation. But back to Christine, you know, she talked about, you know, it's about thinking, right? Your thoughts lead to your reality. And she didn't have any upline support, but she learned to be resourceful. So if you're stuck, you don't have money, you don't have any friends, you don't have any contacts, it's not your lack of resources. By the way, there's many different types of resources, not just money. Relationships are resources as well, right? So it's not a lack of resources, it's your lack of resourcefulness. And Christine became resourceful, and she made it happen. And she built it part-time, and then she started getting results once she started treating our business. You know, I shared on the show where... 
she's been a purpose-driven networker for quite some time. And I remember when she first started, we had these live trainings and she had a webcam on and she was like, I think, folding laundry. I still remember this probably, you know, a couple of years back, she's folding laundry while on the training course. And then she would, um, that was part of her routine. And then she would go out there and work on the income producing activities. You know, she's really good at Routines, right? She talked about, you know, in the morning routine, what she did, the brain dump, meditating, and then working from 9.30 to 2.30 after the kids were in school. That was her income-producing time. And she wouldn't do any team calls until later on. And that allowed her to keep growing the business. Talk about brain dumping. Talk about, I love this quote by Jeff Roberti. I know she mentioned Roberti a few times. She says, short pencil is better than short memory. And I think you get older. I know definitely I'm getting older. Sometimes we don't remember things. When you get inspired, even when you get inspired to follow up with someone, do it right away or write that name down because you're going to forget. If you're inspired to share a social media post, something, write it down because you're going to forget it. You know, just take out your phone and jot it down. And by the way, if you don't know who Jeff Roberti is, he has made over 100 million, I think 100, 120 million semi lost track in network marketing, one of the all time all time, the highest grossing uh, people in network marketing, over a hundred something million in the profession. So that profession, my friends, definitely works. Back to Christine, you know, she talked about uh, making a promise to yourself, not canceling. That is really important. Not canceling. Everything's a muscle. If you cancel once, that basically, it's easy to quit because canceling is a type of quitting. Just don't quit on yourself, right? Everything's a little muscle and slowly build up on that. You know, Christine talked about the seven-day follow-up, right? Follow-up, that's what she does. After seven days, she takes it away, and then she moves on. But she gives people, so she doesn't let prospects string her along and be at forever maybe mode, right? Well, I'm thinking about it mode. Seven days, and she moves on, but she always goes back to people because it's never a bad prospect, just the wrong time for the right prospect. You know, Christine's also... Uh, be very authentic in collecting friends. In general, she talked about people she met on Facebook where they never joined or became a customer, but they still, you know, she still becomes friends with them. They even invited them over to her house. Okay, really important. That is what networkers do. They think long-term and they're building a database of friends. She talked about, you know, her worst moment when someone left her team, took people. You know, things happen, Emma Nation. It's going to happen to you too, but it's how quickly you let things go. Right? How, it's not, you know, can you, can, is, is bad things going to happen? Is tough times going to happen? It's definitely what happened, but when it happens, how quickly can you let it go? And for her, you know, she took a jump in the ocean and she got right back to it. And sometimes just changing your physical state, changing your environment, that helps as well. She talked about clamming, how to comment, like, add message. If you don't know what that term is, I'll put a link on the show notes page. I have a blog post that teaches you how to reach out and meet unlimited prospects online using Clamp. Also, leadership-wise, working with this closest six people, getting them on there. And she talked about consistency, 15-minute prospecting sessions, and uh, where to meet people if you never had anyone uh, you know anyone, you know, going to future fitness groups, online networking events. And I think something that was very inspiring, 2,500 no's, right? That's, again, another important thing. Track your numbers. Track your numbers. I think for me, when I got the six figures, I was terrible at the beginning, but it was around that, around that too, around like, you know, one, almost 2,000, something like that, something like that. Uh, and I got to me to a six-figure level because, you know, the winners, I know sometimes it may seem tough, but your winners, your future diamonds, your future superstars, the leaders, they are out there, but you got to go through the nose. This is a sorting business. So anyway, great show. 
Go to MLNation.com, click on the podcast tab, and uh, click on Christine's page, show notes page, and the all the nuggets will be there. The books that she recommended will be there. And follow her online. And uh, for those who are interested in being a purpose-driven networker, go to PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Hey, thank you for listening. I'm Simon Chan. I'm loud and proud to be part of this amazing profession. Now it's over to you. Be consistent, take action, and go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all.